Thank you for joining in for this City Lights Church podcast. We're a new church in the north of Brisbane, and you can find out more about us at www.citylights.community. We hope that this podcast encourages you in your journey of following Jesus. I don't know if you've heard the term, you've heard the term spoiler alert, right? So a spoiler alert is a warning that someone might be, usually it's used around movies or shows. It's like, hey, I'm going to, if we continue talking in this way, I'm going to give away the, uh, the ending or the punchline or the plot of this particular movie or story. And I don't know if you've got someone in your life that's maybe like, you know, that they are going to give away a movie. Has anyone got someone like that in their life? If they are sitting next to you or something, you can just like give them like that sideways glance. Um, I don't want to throw anyone under the bus or as my daughter puts it a bit nicer, she says, I don't want to put you under the bus, dad. I think that's a bit nicer than throwing you under the bus. But I, my brother, I love my brother. He's like one of my best friends. But anytime we, we start talking about a movie I haven't seen, I'm like, I get in straight and I'm just like, hey, like, I want to be really clear. I want to watch this movie. Please do not talk about it anymore. So today we're starting our Easter series. And spoiler alert, Jesus, he comes he raises from the dead, right? So even we, we, we go to Good Friday and that's the time where, where we remember that. But I just like, I hope I didn't ruin it for anybody if you've never heard this. But Jesus, he comes back to life. And uh, I just want to get in early and spoil the whole thing if you've never heard that. But it's, uh, it's very, very exciting. And so today we're starting a new series And I want to give you two pictures of Jesus. The first picture of Jesus is Revelation chapter 1. It says his hair was as white as snow. His face shining with the brilliance of the sun. His eyes like fire. His feet like uh, burnished bronze. And he has this voice like a rolling thunder. And John sees him and John falls to the ground and says, I'm going to die. This revelation of Jesus. And Jesus says, I am the first and last. I have defeated and conquered death and the grave. I'm alive. That's the first picture of Jesus. The second picture of Jesus is different. It's a crown of thorns. Big thorns, both torture and humiliation. It's a face that was battered and bruised beyond recognition. It's a back that was flailed open with a whip that probably had bones and other things on it. It's a merciless, brutal beating of the body. It's a public uh, humiliation and shame of death on the cross. Probably, you know what, uh, historians probably believe that he wasn't high on the cross. They believe that he was probably lower on the cross where even 
like wild dogs could come and, and eat his feet. Isn't that a, a brutal picture? And there are more stories and more pictures. There's pictures of Jesus before his death, him washing his disciples' feet because there was no servant around to do it. It's him having a meal with friends and knowing that one of them is going to betray him. And in many ways, everything that we need to know about the victory of Jesus is contained in these two pictures. In some ways, the picture of the brilliance and the power of Jesus and the humility and the humanity of Jesus, it is in both those pictures that we find everything that we need to know about the victory of Jesus. Do you know the victory of Jesus is a person? It's not a thing. It's not an outcome. It's not a product. It's not a spray or some kind of thing that we we activate in our lives. The victory of Jesus is a person. Do you know why? Because if we have Jesus, we have everything. And even if our lives are going good in some areas, but we, have, we don't have Jesus, we have nothing. Jesus says on the cross, he says, it is finished. Meaning every work, every powerful, mighty work has already been done. The victory has already taken place. And so that's what we're looking at today. But let's go a little bit further and let's ask the question, what does victory look like in our lives? What does victory look like in our lives? And we could say this, the victory of Jesus is every promise of God fulfilled in your life. Let me explain. In the Bible, in the Old Testament, two parts, Old Testament, New Testament, there are thousands of promises of God covering pretty much, well, definitely every area of your life. There are promises about your emotional health. There are promises about your mental health. There are promises about your physical health. There are promises about your financial health, your ability to make money, your ability to be generous to future generations. There are all kinds of promises. There are promises for family life. There are promises for marriage. There are promises for households that contain the peace of God. There are thousands and thousands of promises in the Bible. Now you might say like thousands and thousands, Andrew, like tell me How many? Give me a number. Now, Bible scholars can't agree on a number, and they can't agree on a number for this reason. And the reason is that there is no Hebrew word in the Old Testament for promise. There's no Hebrew word. And we know what the promises are of God because every time God speaks, His word has power to come to fulfillment. So we understand the promises of 
God by when God has spoken a word that is applicable to that area of life. But this is really, really significant. When we get to the New Testament, there is a word for promise. The Greek word for promise, this is so fascinating, is epangelia. Epangelia, the Greek word for promise. But what this actually means, this word actually means, is God's design to fulfill His word, His promise, through who? Through the person of Jesus. Isn't that fascinating? So think of it like this way. A giant lake which comes into, which narrows, like all the promises of God, narrow into the person of Jesus. And from the person of Jesus, they flow out with force and power. And that's what we have available to us. Every promise, every word that God has spoken to us, being fulfilled through the person of Jesus, and then out of the person of Jesus, the work of Jesus, flowing out into every area of our lives. And wow, that's amazing because I, I don't know about you, but I, I, need some, I need some breakthrough and some victory in some areas of my life. Maybe, maybe some areas for me, I, I, I've got some people that I'm praying for that I know they need some breakthrough in some areas of our life. And when we understand that it's in the person of Jesus, in the story of Jesus, and Jesus is the one from which the promises of God begin to explode in our lives, that becomes something that's very tangible and real in our lives. And so we could even say this, that the victory of Jesus is the promises of God fulfilled in the purpose of Jesus. Now, this is one of my favorite scriptures of like all time. And this is going to be our key scripture for today. It says, 2 Corinthians 1.20, the Apostle Paul puts it this way. So no matter how many promises God has made, every word that he's spoken, they are yes in Christ. And so through him... The amen is spoken by who? It's spoken by us. What is amen? Amen is a a word that is transliterated. It means that it, it is brought in its entirety. It is not translated. It is brought. And it's a word that means let it be done. So every promise of God through the person of Jesus, we are the ones that have to say, let it be done. And when we do that, now this is exciting, we glorify God. Do you know you living a life of victory glorifies God? God is like, oh man, that is like, that, that lifts me up. That extols me. And when we live a life that glorifies God, here's what happens. We are truly alive. We are truly alive. Our life is filled with the colors of heaven. The open, the heavens open, and the glory of God comes within us when we say, God, everything that you are, everything that you have for me, I'm agreeing with that and saying yes. Here are a few of the promises that are available to us. Here are a few of the heavy hitters. One is the forgiveness of sins. 
Forgiveness of sins allows us to be in right relationship with God. The indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Did you know that God wants to live within us? The same God that created the world. I don't know about you. When you go out into nature, do you go, man, that explosion, that was a really good explosion that made all this stuff. Have you ever blown anything up? I've like, as a teenager, I used to like blow stuff up. I don't know how much I've shared with my parents that are here. Um, in Thailand, I used to have access to fireworks. It was awesome. I reckon more kids need to have access to fireworks for like not a lot of money. But you see, the creative power of the God of the universe wants to live and dwell within us. That's not a small thing. We are promised eternal life. We are promised abundant life. We are promised a godly life. We are promised the peace of God, answered prayer, a crown of life, and a home in heaven. And so today as we start this journey that we're on for the next couple of weeks, I want to talk about taking hold of the promises of God. And we're going to have a look at this passage and unpack this from 2 Corinthians. We're going to go back to the preceding verses. And here's what the Apostle Paul says, But as surely as God is faithful, verse 18, our message to you is not yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, by me and Silas and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in him it has always been yes. And the first thing that we need to know to take hold of the promises of God is that we need to live a full life on full throttle. Let me explain this. So the first car that I uh, learned to drive on was a manual. Did anyone else, does anyone else drive a manual or has learned to drive? Okay, a few. Yeah, there's more hands. This is good. People are like, oh, I don't know. Was it a manual? Okay, yes, it was. So, and when you drive a, a manual, there's a couple of things. You can like bunny hop a little bit, or you can like when you're learning how the clutch works and you can kind of stall. Is anyone like learning did that mid intersection stall at the lights or the hill start stall? I think Brisbane, the north of Brisbane is a pretty brutal place to learn to drive a manual. Uh, very hilly. And so you're doing that. But oh, there's also other things. If you have an older manual car and you've got like all kinds of mechanical problems that mean like it's really kind of like jumpy and stop start. And those are two reasons. Then the third reason you, you realize with experience and if you're young and you're a teenager, you can actually make it kind of jump and you have your friends in the car and then that's a fun thing to do as well. That kind of bunny hopping is a little bit of the picture of a lot of our Christian lives. We're very stop-start. We're like I, don't, I, like, I don't know what to do and like, I don't want to get too carried away and like, oh, I've, I've made a mistake. And, then, and so we're like, stop-start, stop-start. And the Apostle Paul describes this as like, we're very, very much like, yes and no, and yes and no, and that's not the way that God has intended for us to live the Christian life. 
Jesus says, I've come that you have life and you have it abundance or you have it to the full. Now, this has been a time where I've shared a few things about fireworks and, and some other things that I've blowed up. Um, when I was 21, I had like one of my first real jobs and I was a salesperson and I had a company car and I was out on the western, kind of southwestern plains of New South Wales, very flat roads. And I thought, couldn't see anyone else around. I thought, what, what would it be like if I just put my foot down and kept it there? Well, this could have been me or it could have been someone like me. I'm not sure what the statute of limitations on is speeding in this state of Queensland. Do not do this. Nobody do this. Any kids listening or adults? But in this case, this person who was like me or may have been me, we don't know, they put their foot down and we went to 80 we went to 90, 100, 110, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60. Started to float a little bit. 70. Never done this before. 180. Okay. Don't do this. It's just an object lesson thought, okay, probably time to stop. <laughs> Could have lost my license, my job, my life. People are going live. <laughs> I actually, yeah. This, this is great. This is so helpful. People are saying, you could have lost your life. I'm like, yeah, I guess so. Here's the point of the story. In the life of the kingdom, there are no limits to how far you can go in the things of God. And we actually go, not just in this life, we accelerate into eternity. And sometimes we can be, oh, like, I've gone far enough, or like, I've, I've, I'm trying to go, but I'm making a mistake, so I should stop. And we're stop, start, and stop, start. And Jesus is like, you just got to put your lie, you just got to put your foot down, and you've just got to say, yes. You've got to have a big yes over your life with the things of God and the victory of God. That's the first point. The second point, how we do this, is we get God's words in our mouths. Isn't this interesting that we understood when we looked at the Old Testament and the idea of promise in the Old Testament, the idea of promise in the Old Testament is this, God speaking a word and it coming to pass. That same thing God wants us to imitate, not with our own words, but with His words. And I think there is something that is powerful in our lives when we confess the Word of God. There is obviously something powerful around what we think about, and how we think about, and here's a question for you. Are you thinking about yourself the way that God thinks about you? Are you thinking about yourself the way that God thinks about you? Are you confessing what God says is truth? 
about yourself and your circumstance. And this is such a significant thing because it says the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Now, here's let me put a little bit of a spin on it. When I talk about myself like, oh, Andrew, like you haven't got what it takes or you're not enough or, or you'll never see this come to pass, I've got to realize that I am not glorifying God in that moment. I glorify God when I said, Jesus, you are enough. I don't have to be enough. I just have to know that Jesus is enough. I glorify God that says, when I say, hey, God, your kingdom come, your will be done in my life. Lord, I don't know what's going on in this situation, but I'm choosing to look to you. I'm not choosing to look in my rearview mirror. I'm not choosing to look at my past, my failures. And this is what we do. And to understand what it's like to put that full throttle on and to see the promises of God one after the other, after the other, glory to glory, strength to strength. To do that, we need to make sure that we are in agreement and alignment with God. Do you know this also is applicable at the times when we're proud, when we don't want God's help, where we say, no, God, I, like, I got this. I'm going to tough it out. No, I, I don't need you. I'm good. I'm good. I, I, don't, I don't want this Jesus stuff. Like, I, I, I'm okay. That, that, is, that is equally true as the times where we feel like we're worthless and we don't have value. And we need to get God's words in our mouth, in our thoughts, declaring. And yeah, it's, sometimes it's, it's literally speaking a promise of God out loud, allowing that creative authority. How did God create the world? He spoke. He spoke it into, be, into being. He spoke new life into being. How are you and I going to create a world of new life? We are going to begin to speak that into being. And this is the power of God. Get God's words in our mouths. The third one is this, to live in the confidence of the Spirit. A question that I have is, how do I deal with the slow progress of God's promises? It's a pretty good question. Anyone who's ever been believing for something, you know it's true, but God, you're like, this is slower than I thought. Please hurry up. You're behind my schedule. I want this probably more instant. Yeah. You know that experience, God, when I drive through, I say what I want, and then two minutes later I pick it up? That's more what I want. We know this. We feel this. Here's what God has promised. He's promised that his promises are obtained through patience. (gasps) What a disappointment. (laughs) And... Peter clarifies this in 2 Peter chapter 3. He says, don't think God is slow. He's patient. Sometimes actually what he wants to do is to produce patience. 
Again, disappointing. Right? We want it to happen on our time, quickly. But who has noticed that when God moves, we're often like, God, I'd like these steps. God says, I'm going to go from here to here in an instant. Because that's God. That's the supernatural power of the creative living God. But here's what we need to understand is that even though God has his own timing, his presence is the constant. Because if I have Jesus, I have the victory. And this is what is so beautiful is that I can be in a season of waiting, in a season of actually where God has a promise that he wants to fulfill. And I can want God to do that quicker. But God's like, it's okay. I'm with you. And you know, and you've experienced that, that actually in those times, that's when we have precious, wonderful moments with the presence of God that says, God, I don't see what I know you have, but man, I feel close to you. That is precious. Because when we have Jesus, we have everything, everything that we need. And this verse says, Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. It means his presence is the guarantee of the promise. He is God with us. And that is something that is so precious. That's the third, live in the confidence of the Spirit. The fourth is this, that we need to step out in faith to believe and receive. You know what I love about the things of God is that they are, they are simple. They aren't necessarily easy, but they are simple. That anyone in this room, no matter if this is like your first time or anyone listening, this is your first time hearing this message, you can believe and you can receive what God wants for you. But it takes faith. One of the questions we, we said is, how do we deal with the in-progress nature, like its loading of, of what God's promise is? And another question that we have is, how come if God is so powerful, if Jesus is so victorious, why aren't I seeing victory in my life? And should I just lower my expectations? That's what, we, that's what we ask. One of the things that will help us understand this is that when Jesus came, it was the dawn of a new age. It was the beginning of something, not the completion of something. So when we understand this, we can say, I am saved, I'm being saved, and I will be saved. We're in this kind of transition period that we don't see everything that Jesus has promised, but we do see it in part. 
We can say, I am healed, I'm being healed, and I will be healed. When Jesus comes back, when we go to be with him, everything will be restored. There will be no sickness, no death. And we need to learn to live in that middle. And we need to understand that we will see the promises of God in part in our lifetime. And God wants us to believe for it. But to do that, to stay in that middle, we need faith. And we need to understand what that looks like. So I have in my hand, I have $50. Okay, and I'm, I'm going over to my new friend, Job. I remembered. I didn't sound as confident. I'm going over to my new friend, Job. That's, more, that's better. Edit that podcast. And I'm saying, I have got $50 in my hand. And it's yours. Uh, okay. Now, some of you are like, oh, there was actually, <laughs> he was actually telling the truth. <gasps> For the first time, he was actually telling the truth. <laughs> so there was actually, now for those listening, I had in my hand, scrunch up, there was, there was an actual $50 note. You could not receive it, receive it. And what he had to do was he actually had to reach out and come to my hand and open up his hand. I didn't go all the way to him. I gave him a promise and there was a gap and he had to fill the gap. And he had to have faith in me that I was true to my word, that I actually had money in there. He was a little surprised. He thought I might have like rounded it down like it's only $5 or it's 50 cents, something like that. But it, I was true to my word. Let me ask you a question. Do you believe that God is true to his word? Do you believe that God is stretching out his hand, that it's made possible through the person of Jesus do you believe that there are areas in your life where victory, where resources, where abundant provision, abundant life is available for you? Do you believe that? And are you willing to stretch? Are you willing to say, God, I can't see it. I don't know what's in your hand, but I trust you at your word. And I'm actually going to take a step of faith to take hold of what you have given to me. This is what it looks like to live in the victory of Jesus. That there's always a gap between where we are and what Jesus has for us and what God has spoken for us. And here's what we've got to do. Not striving, but reaching. Not striving, but reaching. But saying, God, the things that I see in my life the circumstances that I've been in in the past, I know that they are not the end of the story. I want to encourage you that in this room, we've got so many people with different backgrounds, 
with different stories. Some of you have had a great start to life. Some of you have not had a good start to life. Some of you, things have happened to you that are beyond your control and you are victims of those situations. You have been hurt terribly and tragically by others and I'm sorry about that. But I want to say, when you learn to put your foot on full throttle, you, you can catch up real quick. I've seen people that know this and man, they just accelerate in their Christian life. Because they're like, yes, God, I want that. Yes, God, I'll take that. And they realize that that actually pleases God and glorifies God. And it allows them to become alive in their spirits. And so they just get in this habit of saying, God, you've got more for me. They don't have to work themselves up for it, but they just have to believe God. And they get in a faith habit of believing and receiving and sharing what they have and inviting others on the journey. And it doesn't matter where you've started. Others of you, you've, you've messed up your own life. Okay, no one else is like, you can't put that on anyone else. We've all done a bit of that. But God is gracious. When you put your foot down, you're not looking in the rearview mirror. You're looking at this wide open space that is behind you. In just a minute, we're going to finish up. I hope that you have an unbalanced view of the promises of God. The promises of God for you are not yes and no, not just a little bit, not just only in moderation, but the promises of God are for you to put your foot down and go full throttle. If you name it, if you begin to read the word of God and say, God, I, I see this in your word, but I don't see this in my life. What do you want to say to me? God's usually pretty gracious. He gives us things one, one at a time so that we can stretch and face. Sometimes he does things supernaturally. But we need to be unbalanced we need to say God there's more because that's what God wants it says it glorifies him that's not selfish God there's more of you there's more of your person there's more promises I believe that this is a word for many of you and I want to say it's time it's time some of you are like I've been the yes and no person. I've been the bunny hopping, stalling car. And God has just given you the ability to just put that foot down. Some of you are like, oh, honestly, God, I'm not even sure. There's some areas that, if I'm honest, I don't even trust you in. And God wants to speak to you and encourage you. Take a step of faith. Some of you are believing for miracles. Some of you got weary in believing for some stuff and you're like, God, you're taking too long. But it's our time. Do you know what? This is not just for us. That when we live a life of victory that glorifies God, we become alive. 
Have you ever been around someone that carries the life of God? People are like, hey, what's going on? Life begins to leak, to overflow. Things begin to change. Environments begin to change. Circumstances begin to change. And this is the wonder and power of God. Can we pray together? Thank you for listening. You can find out more about City Lights Church at www.citylights.community.